today's scripture reading will be uh, in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. This is the word of the Lord for us. Good morning, church. How many of you remember the commercial from the late 80s and early 90s where the elderly woman is on the floor and she's saying, we could all say it together probably, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. How many of you remember the commercial? And even if you don't remember it firsthand, again, this is is a long time ago, I think the The commercial debuted in 1989. If you don't remember it firsthand, you've probably seen some version or parody of it. So the commercial was for the Life Call Medical Necklace, and it's just got to be one of the greatest ad campaigns of all time, probably probably unknowingly. I mean, I suspect that when they produced this commercial, they had no idea that 35 years later, we would still be laughing at it. And I want to make make clear here, the commercial is funny, but no, it's not funny. It's not a joke when someone finds themselves in an emergency situation. We don't think that's funny. It's not a joke when someone is injured, when someone gets stranded. It's not good when you fall and don't have someone to help you up. In fact, the Bible says that really clearly. We saw it in the video just a moment ago. This is the wisdom from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than one. The Bible says two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If I, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And so even though that commercial, it's really become a mainstay in our cultural imagination. We're not calloused to those who are in that situation, to those who have fallen and need help. The ones who, who have faltered, the ones who feel isolated and alone. I would say this, one of the particular challenges coming out of the last two or three years is people without a church home. It's kind of a rising trend, again, over the last two or three years. Uh, We have actually reached a a, a historic low in church membership in our nation, a historic low. So for the first time in U.S. history, the majority of Americans do not have a religious affiliation. For the first time in the history of this nation, the, the, the poll that was done revealed 47% say they are part of a faith community. That, I should clarify, that's across religions, but it's, the, the religions other than Christianity are very negligible in, in the U.S., so, but that's all religions. 47% currently say they're part of a faith community. In the year 2000, that number was 70%. What other trends are we seeing in our country? So, so church attendance, religious affiliation is at a historic low. Mental health crises, substance abuse, those things are at all-time highs. According to the Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey, nearly 4 in 10 people in the U.S. report symptoms of anxiety or depression. And, this is just God's timing and God's providence, If you didn't catch it, just this week on Wednesday, the U.S. Surgeon General released an important report, like a a public health alert about a new crisis 
It's a new epidemic, according to our U.S. Surgeon General, and he called it an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. There's a link to this report. It's 82 pages, but there's a link to this report in our discussion guide for this weekend, by the way. We have fallen, and we can't get up. (laughs) We've never been more isolated, alone, struggling, burdened by life, and that's precisely why we need each other. That's why we need each other. The wisdom of the scripture is true. Pity the one who falls and doesn't have anyone to pick them up. And so we are called to bear one another's burdens. When the burden is too heavy, we carry it for one another. And that is what we're going to talk about together this morning. So let me introduce myself. I'm John, serve as one of the pastors here. Thrilled that you're with us this morning. I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. This is our final week in this sermon series called One Another, where we've been looking at these New Testament commands for how we treat one another. So a little recap, we learned that we are connected to one another, that we are to accept one another, and then last Sunday that we are to teach one another. And I do want to give a shout out to our youth leader, Lakota Mass. Great job last Sunday bringing the word. That was fantastic. So those are the things we've learned. And this morning, we're going to deal with this great truth that we are called to carry each other's burdens. For this teaching, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, where Cammy read for us a few minutes ago. I want to encourage you to get your Bible out and turn there. In Galatians chapter 5, so the, the chapter just prior to this, Paul really warns the believers not to be in conflict with each other. In fact, we can, we can kind of key in there in verse 15. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15. He says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Now, this is one of the seven alelone verses that is in the negative. In other words, of these 59 New Testament one another statements, and we learned this Greek word, alelone, of, the, of those, seven of them are actually how not to treat one another. How not to treat one another. In fact, I'll share those with us this morning. Uh, the seven uh, negative alelones in the scripture do not grumble against one another. Do not lie to one another. Do not pass judgment on one another. Do not slander one another. Do not envy one another. Do not provoke one another. And then this one here in Galatians 5.15 that uses this language, which really is sort of graphic language that talks about biting or like assaulting one another. The contemporary English version words it this way. So Galatians 5.15 in the CEV, if you keep attacking each other like wild animals, you'd better watch out or you'll destroy yourselves. And so I want us to hear this very clearly this morning. If we want the gospel to advance, if we want God's kingdom to grow, we've got to avoid blasting away at each other, attacking other believers like wild animals. Put very simply, we don't kick each other when we're down. We don't blame people when they're hurting and when they're struggling. What do we do? We come alongside to help. And we all need help sometimes, don't we? Like, I need help figuring out what IDK stands for. And every person I ask doesn't seem to know. So uh, I hope you've turned there in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. That's where we'll spend our time together this morning. Let's start at the beginning of verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Someone has fallen. And they need help. 
They need a brother or sister who cares enough to lift them up. And very specifically, we're told in verse 1 that we're to do it gently. One paraphrase words verse 1 this way. If someone falls into a sin, forgivingly restore him. Saving your critical comments for yourself, you might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. So when we think about that commercial and the life call necklace that is the, the, the call for help that really is the catalyst for someone getting the solution they need, we realize we are to be that life call who responds to a friend in need. So, uh, yes, I did actually bring the commercial clip, and we're going to watch it now. I'm having chest pain. I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen, and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. See? Protect yourself with life call, and you're never alone. And you're never alone. Again, they had, they, they had no idea. They made this commercial in 1980. They had no idea that we'd be watching it 35 years later. So what, here's what I want to do with the rest of our time together in Galatians chapter 6. Is Paul really outlines four steps for us in carrying each other's burdens. And so that's what I want to uh, walk through, share uh, with us this morning. Four steps for, to carrying each other's burdens. The first is to restore the broken, right? So that's what we read in verse 1. If you look closely again there, you see that we are to restore that person gently. Also, I should point out, when Paul says they've been caught, it doesn't mean, uh, it, mean it doesn't mean like, aha, we caught you, we discovered you. He's using caught in the, they're entangled, they're ensnared, like a bird or an animal that's caught in a trap. It's a person, they've fallen into a pit, a pit of sin, a pit of temptation. They've messed up. They've fallen short. A good example of this might be P- the Apostle Peter in the Bible. This guy who walked closely with Jesus. This guy who said, he's never going to bail on Jesus. I'm never going to leave you. And yet, what does he do? He denies Christ three times in a row. The other believers could have written him off. They're like, hey, Peter's a total heretic. He's a liar. He, 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 he just took off. He ran away. He said he didn't know Jesus. He called down curses from heaven saying he does not know. He swears he doesn't know the man. They could have written him off. They could have just let Peter wallow in his regret and in his shame and in his sin, but they didn't. And so what do we see is he's restored back into the faith community. He becomes a pillar and a foundation of the early church moving forward. But maybe even more importantly is he's restored back to Christ. Good example of what we're talking about here. And so we are called to do this work of restoration. We're not going to geek out too much on it, but I'll just say this, that in, in the Greek, this word for restoration is one that was used for returning something to its healthy condition. And so it's the word that would have been used for you broke a bone and it needs to be set. Or you are a fisherman and your net gets ripped and torn and you mend that net, you repair that net. So that's the Greek word that's used here. Is it's to restore something, bring it back to its healthy condition, like setting a bone, mending a broken net. And then the, the last part of verse 1 is really a rebuke to our own self-righteousness, where it says, Paul says, watch yourselves or you too may also be tempted. This, this gentle, loving, restorative response we have toward one another is really born out of our own weakness. We see someone who's fallen, and we should pause and ask the Lord to help keep us safe from traps that lie before us. And we also recognize that there are times where we all need to be restored. And so we show we care when we help to restore someone who's broken. 
That's the first step in this, this great call to bear one another's burdens, restoring the one who's broken. The second step is to relieve the burdened. When someone is crushed under the weight of sin, we help them bear the burden. We help carry the load. And, and this also goes for when someone is just overwhelmed by life. There is a frustration that has reached the boiling port. There's an inability to cope with what's happening. We stand with them. We stand with them shoulder to shoulder saying, you're not going to be flattened by this because two are stronger than one. You will not be crushed by this. So that's what we read in verse two. So we're in Galatians chapter six, verse two, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And again, I want to clarify this burden. It's something that's too great for one person to bear alone. It's a boulder sized problem. And it can be sickness or tragedy or family problems. It can be depression and emotional hardship. It can be financial. It can be a wayward child and you're sick over it. It can be broken dreams or regrets that won't leave you. It can be a failed relationship. It could be family problems or career setbacks. It can be an unexpected death. It was actually over 100 years ago that a pastor who used the pen name of Ian McLaren made this observation. He said, be kind. Everyone you meet is carrying a heavy burden. And Paul doesn't tell us in Galatians chapter 6 uh, what the burden is. He doesn't use a specific example of like what this, the burden is. He, he doesn't say where it comes from. In fact, if we look again at Galatians chapter 6 and the teaching here to carry each other's burdens, it's hypothetical. <laughs> like, look back at verse 1. Notice that he says, if someone falls. It's hypothetical. The, the, the particulars are not what matters. The response is what matters. The response of, will we restore? Will we come alongside to help carry the burden? Will we care enough? Instead of judging others, we are to assist them. We are to do whatever we can to relieve their suffering. And yes, sometimes in God's plan, this means including those who don't like you very much. People who have said mean things to you or who have acted acted rude or callous toward you. In fact, this is so interesting. In the Old Testament law that God gave to Moses, in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 5, it says, if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? This is an Old Testament law, Exodus 23 and verse 5. The guy who really doesn't like you, the guy who is at odds with you, and you're trucking along just fine. Your donkey's carrying the load, doing its job, but his donkey lays down on the job. And the Lord says, don't just smirk and walk on by and make some joke about his donkey. <laughs> he says, you go to him. And you help to rescue him from that situation. Because bearing burdens is an act of love. When we help those who are hurting, those who are struggling, we are, according to verse 2, as we just read, fulfilling the law of Christ. We know what Jesus teaches in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Another one of those all alone statements. 
That's the most common one, by the way. 15 times Jesus says, love one another. So in other words, for, for you, when your friend, when your neighbor, maybe someone who doesn't like you, or those who you do love and care for, those in your core group, when they have been rocked by the realities of life, or when they are crushed by the weight of the world, you ask yourself a very simple question, what can I do to help bear their burden? That's the second step in carrying each other's burdens is to relieve the burdened. The third step is to repent of bragging. (laughs) Like God knows that you and I are not going to restore the broken. We're not going to relieve the burdened if we're too full of ourselves. And so often it's, it's easy to just look down our noses at people. People who are in a different situation than we are in. People who are struggling and think, well, they deserve it. They did something to lead to that. That's what Job's friends did, even though they were wrong. We, we think they, they must deserve, they made their bed, they can lie in it. Or they're just so weak. Why are they crushed by that situation? Shouldn't they be stronger? They just obviously can't handle the pressure. Or, or may, maybe this one is, is the most common for us, and that is just, well, I don't really want to get involved. I, I don't really want to like, impose myself. I don't want to stick my nose in where it doesn't belong. But there's sort of a pride there. And so verses 3 and 4 really help us there. They challenge us to repent of bragging. Let's read those together. Um, Paul says, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. So when you notice that someone is suffering or struggling, don't be too arrogant to get involved. And there's a humility that, that needs to happen there in our hearts where we say, I'm nothing apart from God's amazing grace. <laughs> Were it not for Christ in me, I, I am nothing. Were it not for the community that surrounds me and helps me, the network of support that I have, I, I don't think I would, I would manage. And so we are more quick to help those who are hurting when we have this heart of humility. Proverbs 26, 12 says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes There's more hope for a fool than for him. So let's not be quick to condemn. Or or to look the other way or or pass by on the other side. We don't have time this morning to get into all of that, but uh, Jesus told a parable about that. (laughs) The one suffering by the roadside and you choose to pass by on the other side. You choose to look the other way. So we show we care. When we bear one another's burdens, when we restore the broken, when we relieve those who are burdened, when we repent of our bragging. So there's one final step this morning, and that is to respect your boundaries. This is probably the most nuanced of the steps in carrying each other's burdens. And I have shared publicly, and I I guess I'll repeat again, just this is something that I'm growing in. (laughs) This is something I'm learning and have not done well, and have, have uh, learned, still have a lot of room to grow, still have a lot of places to, to learn and grow in this. Like, like, I don't think that when you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to bear uh, uh, the burdens of, of others, I'm going to help carry burdens, it means that you are completely and utterly at the beck and call of the 8 billion people who reside on planet Earth. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> It doesn't mean that your marriage and your health and your kids must constantly suffer because of the demands of others. And so it is important that as we 
understand, and Paul teaches on this, that when we come along as someone who's bearing the burdens, um, we don't want to consistently be taken advantage of to the point where our family and our network is, is being negatively and harmfully impacted. And so how do we avoid being taken advantage of? Again, this is the most nuanced of the, of the points that we're making this morning. Is how, how do we be a, a burden bearer? It's to respect boundaries. And I think there, there's the key word right there is boundaries. Understanding and setting and operating according to boundaries as you seek the Lord, as you gain wisdom from him. Now, part of it, of course, is who you choose to come alongside and carry burdens with. Like, we submit one to another. We submit to one another. That's another one of the Ale loans. Submitting to one another. And we grow, and we learn, and we trust one another then. And we, we begin to learn that there is a reciprocity. The people you tend to help and take care of are the people who tend to then help and take care of you. And, oh, yes, there are times where you stop to help that grumpy neighbor with the donkey. (laughs) There are times where you choose to help someone who is never going to pay you back. Yes, the Lord calls us to that at times. We're going to help the one who there's no possible chance this person is ever going to pay me back for what I've done. But again, that's where you need to seek the Lord. That's where you need wisdom for what is God calling you to do? How is God leading me to steward my time, my treasure, my talent, my testimony? And I believe God will give us wisdom in that. So it's not a calloused heart toward the ones that are suffering and struggling that we're not helping. It's not, it's not that we don't care for them. It's that we are to respect our boundaries. And so here's what Paul teaches very clearly in verse 5. For each one should carry their own load. So each one of us has a responsibility, has things that we care for, that we lead in. And this is not in any way a contradiction of verse two, where we're to carry each other's burdens. The one in verse five is the smaller burden. It's the backpack versus the boulder. It's the, it's the small stone that can be carried by one individual. And so this is the reality. We each have responsibilities and each of us is indeed expected to do what we can do. I would say this, the amazing thing about bearing someone else's burdens is this is exactly what Jesus did on the cross. It's exactly what Christ did when he went to the cross, was to bear the burdens of others. And so it's amazing that in the gospel itself, we see Jesus as the supreme example. He took the weight of sin upon himself. He faced death right in the face. He, he reached down into our mess, into our brokenness, in the places where we needed mending and restored. And he lifted us. Listen to the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle. Again, that's how Paul instructed us to do this, right? In verse 1, to do it gently. Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Remember, we talked about that as well. We've got to repent of our bragging. And Jesus modeled that and taught that perfectly. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What good news. <laughs> what good news that there is hope. Yes, we might be facing an epidemic of isolation and loneliness. And yet Christ comes near to us, reaches the farthest place. There is no place, the scriptures say, where you can flee from his presence. And then he, he in, in his design, has called his people and his followers to operate as a body. Each one who has their own part and their own role and their own unique element to care for and serve and love and function together. So that, like Paul teaches us, when one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And maybe right now you feel like you're in that place of you're trapped. You've fallen into that pit. Maybe, maybe a temptation that you did not stand up strong under. And you're in that place of regret and shame and guilt. Jesus is the one who can set you free. Jesus is the one who stands ready to forgive you and even redeem you. That is, purchase you with his shed blood. And so I implore you this morning, confess those things to him. Offer Christ your pain. Invite him to come to restore you. I do want to share this morning, right after our service, our prayer team is going to be in the front. We would love to pray with you, minister to you, go with you before God's throne of grace. If you're burdened this morning, come. When we end the service, come and meet with us in this place to seek Christ. It would be our honor to pray with you. Praise God. Praise God that he did not shy away from us in our time of near, but he drew near and he carried the burden that we could not carry ourselves. And so the challenge before us this morning is clear and obvious. Are we willing to do the same for each other? Are we willing to restore those who are broken? Are we willing to relieve those who are burdened? Are we willing to repent of our bragging and our pride? So friends, let's carry each other's burdens. Let's help the one that has fallen. Let's pull them from the pit and let's point them back to Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gathering this morning where we can come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be in community, to do the hard work of loving one another and carrying burdens of one another. And yet, Lord, we're so thankful. Lord, we thank you for the people you've put in our life. And more than that, we thank you for Christ who reached down into our mire and rescued us. We thank you for redemption and for hope. And so, Lord, I pray right now for those who are feeling burdened. I pray right now for those who are feeling enslaved and ensnared by sin that, oh God, there is freedom. And so, Lord, call them back to you that they would turn, that they would cry out. We know what the scriptures say, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Lord, I pray for freedom. I pray for victory. I pray for hope that overwhelms these statistics we're seeing in our nation of historic levels of depression and anxiety and people struggling. 
And Lord, you know. You know exactly what we're dealing with. As the cross stood before you, our Lord Jesus. The agony that you endured. And yet we know that you did it with joy. For the joy set before you, you endured that agony and that shame to fulfill the plan of the Heavenly Father. And how thankful we are, Lord Jesus, that you've paid the price, that your burden is light, and that you call us to find rest for our souls. And so we do that now. We come before you, confessing our need and grateful for your loving, gracious response, your gentle, restorative response to your children. Oh, Lord, you have shown your great love for us. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We commit ourselves to you. We pray that you'd empower us by the Holy Spirit to continue to live on mission for you. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.